We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Week 9 seen two wide receiver streaks come to an end and the emergence of two of our favorite Zero RB candidates with their first big game of the season. Can it continue? We talk about that and much, much more on this edition of Road of His Overtime. Now let's kick it off. Hello everyone, welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by MyBookie. My name is Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. I'm joined today again by my co-host, the co-owner of Rotoviz, Mr. Sean Siegel. Sean, it was an interesting week nine, lots of uh, interesting t- topics to talk about as the show goes on today, but I think one of the big takeaways is probably the, the late scratches of Rob Gronkowski and then later in the week, Stefan Diggs missing out. Uh, I know with bye weeks over the last couple of weeks, it's really affected some of my lineups and uh, if you had those guys and they affected your lineups this week based on the buys, it would have been a, a tough scramble to try and find out some of the positions. But I think tight end would have been particularly tough with the, the Gronk news. Um, had you any lineups this week in your season-long leagues that you had to tinker with to get a tight end in there? I know in our best ball leagues, we were heavily invested in Rob Gronkowski in the offseason. I did, yes. The uh, the late downgrade and, and out for, for digs was, was not favorable for week nine my the team that i had i had mentioned last week had david johnson and tyler boyd as two of the key players on the bye last week and then add to that sort of a, a depth option in christian kirk and another uh, inactive player in Allen robinson and, and this is a, a double flex league so uh starting to really scramble for those positions and uh with the the two free agent uh time periods there wednesday and friday you end up on saturday wishing you had made some some other moves perhaps it compounded for me because Ertz was also out and so when you have to 
use extra roster spots on a variety of positions and then you have downgrades you just end up uh, getting into some pretty serious trouble and so i went with chris ivory he did score a few points uh, not enough to lead me to victory falling to seven and two there Uh, unfortunately there were some ways this could have still gone okay but the team that i had mentioned last week that i was competing with uh, was without barkley only scored 100 uh, but still won easily moved to nine and oh and on top of that because points are also an issue uh, i scored 117 a very poor score but actually moved ahead a little bit on my main competitor there with him scoring 100 however two teams put up over 200 and so they made up virtually the entire stagger uh, accumulated over the course of the season in that week. And so I think that was the real story of week nine, where you have some teams hit hard by the buys and then other teams, because this was a great scoring week. It was another fantastic, fun week of football. So 200 points definitely in play if you had the right guys uh, last weekend. Yeah, I think it's the same case. And obviously over the last uh couple of weeks we've seen some huge point totals going up and i know we've been talking about patrick mahomes a lot in the show but what that guy has continued to do uh through through his first uh basically 10 games as an active starter is uh, absolutely incredible so i'm sure we might touch on him and the chiefs in a little bit but with that shot let's get into the second quarter So Sean, I've titled the second quarter this week The Resurgence and that is because we had Duke Johnson jump out uh, and have a big performance, his best for quite some time and the, also the other one being Tevin Coleman. So it was a little bit of a bounce back week for some of our preseason zero RB candidates, a big week for Duke Johnson. You talked in the in the 15 this week that Todd Haley's NFL coaching career should be over. Uh, obviously Duke Johnson entered the year with 50 plus receptions in all three of his seasons uh, at least coming off a 74 catch season with 13.8 points per game but uh, obviously he was a bit of a forgotten man and I did start him in a couple of leagues this week due to the buys and the injuries but um, overall uh, I haven't been able to to start him effectively all season long but this past uh, week he had 78 yards on nine catches and two touchdowns so really uh, boosted his season totals but What's your expectations moving forward here for Duke? Yeah, it looked it looked great. It looked a lot different. Obviously, right back to the game plan they had used previously. You can pull up the Game Splits app and see that in 48 career games prior to Todd Haley, uh, he was averaging 11 PPR points. Obviously, last year his high point was averaging a little bit better than that. Had dropped down to below six and a half this year, which obviously is not startable. Uh, I've got him on on one of my main event teams and just had really kept him deep on the bench uh, through this stretch on the off chance that something like this would happen. And it looked great. And I think if you didn't watch the game, one of the things too is he did not look 100%. I haven't seen anything in the media suggesting an injury, but he finished several of his runs, uh, you know, sort of grabbing as though, you know, his, his hamstring might be tied on in there. The other thing that we saw with Freddie Kitchens, his, his debut as the Browns offensive coordinator, he managed not only to use Duke Johnson, but he kept Nick Chubb involved. And, and this is no small feat when you consider that, Cleveland was trailing big in this game at various junctures. Uh, And and I think that's important because they'll be trailing big in plenty of games uh, going forward. You would think Uh, their defense was barely there 
uh, against the Chiefs. It looked a lot like that Oakland defense uh, from Thursday night. If people had a chance to to check that out, it was it was almost equally embarrassing. Here, there were there were several plays down the stretch with uh, me having Sammy Watkins. You know, obviously, lots of folks having Kareem Hunt, and there were plays down in the red zone where. Uh, Watkins was basically uncovered and yet they hand off to Hunt who jogs in from 15 yards because the defense also had nothing that they could do to deal with him. So multiple Chiefs open for touchdowns on numerous occasions. Uh, As this relates to the running backs, you know, they're going to continue to get blown out. Uh, So if the offensive coordinator can keep both of those running backs involved, that's great news for fantasy owners. Yeah, the other part as well was interesting from a play calling perspective was the way it was spread around between Njoko and Catloway and Landry, uh, all going for at least 50 yards this week, and, uh, and obviously then the two running backs getting involved. So I think from a play calling point of view, it looked much, much more positive. It looked to fit uh, Baker Mayfield's skill set much, much better. Uh, as well so i would expect the you know the browns offense to have an uptick Uh, you know it's it's really hard for it to not improve on what it had been through the previous eight weeks but uh with with those signs and with freddie kitchens uh calling the plays do you think we'll see we'll see more of this going forward do you think this is something that we can expect or do you think it might just be a one-off week I, i think it's something we can expect going forward yeah, they talked about spreading the ball around and definitely pulled it off in this game. There were additional 14 targets spread out between Rashad Perryman, Rashad Higgins, Damian Ratley. So they had the different players involved. I think in order to make the offense work, they do need those main three guys to actually jump out, make some plays. They needed Joku to flash. Uh, he, he had a couple of very nice plays, but then also uh, some borderline drops obviously Callaway has had a huge problem with drops and is not a very talented receiver in terms of uh, making a play on the ball he gets open extremely well so it's then you know can he actually haul in the passes if they're even slightly off target or, or even the ones that are right to him he's had trouble with and then they have to get Jarvis Landry going for six seven eight ten receptions and and be that guy who can move the chains because you know they're going to have to be involved in shootouts if they want to win down the stretch yeah, and the, the two players, I, I obviously expected more from uh, Duke Johnson throughout those first uh, eight games for them, but I, I really have been disappointed in terms of the usage for Landry. So I think, you know, you need to be getting them eight to ten targets a game to make it effective. So it's going to be interesting to see. And uh, just when you mentioned Njoko and some of the issues in this game, there was uh, one one pass protection that uh, really uh, the, he didn't pick up and it, it led to a sack of Mayfield. Uh, so he still has that area of his game to work on, obviously, as a, a second-year tight end that is crucial to learn the blocking elements. The other player was uh, Tevin Coleman. Um, obviously, it's the biggest game he's had this season. It had been a little bit of a struggle for him. If you did have him this season, you know all about that real struggle. And obviously, with Freeman being out, it all, you would expect it to have a huge, huge opportunity for him. Both running backs for the team uh, had big moves here. I thought Matt Ryan was very impressive, and Julio Jones, who we're going to touch on a little bit, also got in the end zone, which was very positive. But uh, I, I thought this was a very good overall team performance by the Falcons. But Coleman's probably the one big takeaway because he had struggled so far. What was your thoughts on Tevin Coleman? And again, I, I know we do this on a lot of our questions moving forward. What do you expect? I, I have to say that through those first uh, you know, seven games, basically prior to this one, I was hugely disappointed because he was somebody that I was super heavily invested in this offseason um and as a zero rb candidate he was one of my top top ones going in there so obviously this was a big big game for him but uh moving forward are you expecting to see this ito smith obviously still sprinkled in there 
the situation with Coleman was really befuddling because so many of the things that you look for with the running backs were happening. I mean, this is an this is a high scoring offense, right? And you know, we see that week after week with the Saints, with the Rams, with the Chiefs, that you deliver those running backs into the plum situations down there by the goal line, or just you open up a lot of space because the defense has to deal with so many things, and then the running backs take advantage of that. But the Falcons seem to be doing it almost the opposite way where they would run Tevin Coleman in the line, run Coleman in the line, and then Matt Ryan would have to bail them out with Julio Jones, with uh, Calvin Ridley making all of these splash plays that he's made, with Muhammad Sanu making that tough catch to uh, to pick up the, the third down and keep the drive alive. And then they would go back to using Coleman in the exact way that his skill set isn't really made for. And this was the first game where they seemed to be using him much more in that Alvin Kamara type of mold where they got in the ball out on the edges, they got in the ball in space. And then we see a guy who is one of the certainly three or four fastest running backs, uh, three or four best big playbacks in the NFL. Now that, that first screen pass that he took uh, for the 39 yard touchdown, which uh, just by itself set a new uh, individual game season high for him in terms of receiving yards that was one of the best block plays you'll ever see he had his offensive lineman 10 15 yards down the field making these fantastic blocks but he has the speed and the burst to score on any play and had another good score later on uh, outside of those receiving plays you know he looked fantastic as a running back in this one you know lots of rushing yards over 156 yards from scrimmage um, and so this is what you expect to see and so it is what I expect, but anytime you've established um, a pattern of suboptimal usage to this point, you know, you get worried that they'll go right back to it next week. Yeah, and the, the interesting thing too is, you know, the Falcons sometimes outdoors or sometimes on the road, they have struggled and uh, this Washington team had been a pretty stout defense uh, so far this season and they really failed to show up obviously then with them being so far behind, it affected a lot of their players' usage, including uh, Adrian Peterson. But you mentioned you know that screen pass we've seen a couple of very nice screen passes this week kareem hunt's uh 50 yard screen pass as well so but the, the blocking on both those plays uh extremely extremely good and uh you know getting coleman in space like a lot of his success say two years ago uh under kyle shanahan as the offensive coordinator came in games i remember he had a couple of big games at one of them against the denver broncos where he was getting an opportunity to get matched up on linebackers catching some of those passes and then the explosive ability to get away has trademark has never really been running between the tackles it's always been getting them out to the outside or getting the ball in his hand so uh, hopefully this is more of what we see moving forward um but uh, again gives you the pause for concern but uh, i have to say that uh, i really enjoyed watching him have this day uh, this past week so throughout the season our shows have been brought to you by my bookie they are the bookmaker that we use for placing our wagers. sure watching the games is fun but it's even more entertaining when you have some money on the action and something a little bit more at stake in it you've heard me talk about this for weeks some of you are still on the sidelines whether you're an expert or a rookie you should be betting at my bookie there's so much to bet on from basketball to ufc fights everything really in between including the nfl including the fantasy football props that we do on a weekly basis so a lot of different things to pique your interest at my bookie we recommend them because we trust them my bookie has been in business for years and they've got a great reputation great online reviews and their mobile app is super easy to use and as part of our deal with my bookie our listeners get an exclusive bonus when they sign up to a new my bookie account when you register 
they will match your deposit with a bonus to help you to get things kicked off on the right track there at MyBookie. And to get that bonus, all you need to do is head over to MyBookie right now. That is MyBookie.ag. Don't miss the opportunity to collect the industry's biggest bonus. Use the promo code ROTOVIZ and you'll get your first deposit matched as a bonus percentage. That promo code is ROTOVIZ. You play, you win, you get paid. It's the sale you've been waiting for. Now through Monday, get a huge 50% off the styles you need now with 50% off all jeans, 50% off all dresses, and 50% off all tees. That's right, 50% off. Jeans start at 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids. Want fashion in a flash? Buy online and pick up in-store for free. Hurry, the sale ends Monday at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 829 to 9-2. Excludes in-store clearance, jumpsuits, rompers, bubbles, active license, and men's package tees. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. John, jumping into the third quarter. Uh, obviously, we talked about the Falcons just a moment ago with the running back position, but we obviously have Julio Jones who found the end zone for the first time and uh, seems like about 200 games at this point. But uh, he has uh, had a, a really good season in terms of yards, in terms of catches, but it has been uh, the downfall in terms of his touchdowns and obviously getting in the end zone it was it was cool to see uh, pretty much the whole offense and the whole team went to celebrate with them down in the end zone uh, one of the best athletes i think uh, this side of calvin johnson uh, in the nfl one of the prototype i guess you would say as a, a wide receiver number one in the nfl so 12 games between touchdowns at 1300 yards since the last time he had a touchdown so it's pretty crazy and we've, we've talked about the offensive play calling and how that could improve but I have to say that uh, you know with Matt Ryan, this was his 19th touchdown pass of the season uh, and Julio's first. But Calvin Ridley has uh, seven touchdowns on the year and I have to say I've been very impressed with Ridley too. Uh, I'm sure you have been as well. Found the end zone again this past week. But uh, Julio, uh, you know, it was it had to happen at some stage and I still think that we're likely to see him finish with, you know, five to six touchdowns on the year over these last uh, kind of half of a season. Uh, were you happy to see Julio find that end zone? I was, and like you said, I mean, you you're never going to see a star receiver in a game that is essentially a blowout uh, act that happy and relieved to score a fourth quarter touchdown, except in this situation. And so it was great to see him score. You could tell it was a huge weight off of his shoulders. And frankly, for fantasy owners, it's very very nice to see too. I I think we had talked about this uh, at draft time that one of my zero running back teams in the main event uh, started with julio jones and keenan allen and both of those guys had big games this week pushed that team a little closer in terms of total points the you know they've had good seasons again but it it is difficult even with jones now getting to 20 points a game which is you know a phenomenal almost impossible accomplishment when you never score touchdowns but both of those guys they they've been fantastic but the touchdowns are important. We we saw again this week with Keenan Allen that Tyrell Williams scores, Mike Williams scores, and Allen does all of his work 
between the 20s, Melvin Gordon scores. So yeah, I think certainly there's relief for the players. There'd be some more relief for fantasy owners if that duo would would have a fast second half finish and, and like you said, get up there at five or six touchdowns. Yeah, and it's just, uh, you know, I like, I, I'm a big Keenan Allen fan, but Julio is somebody who I just, I like as a, just to watch as a player. Uh, you know, it doesn't really matter for fantasy points unless you're maybe a running back owner of Tevin Coleman, but like Julio is a is a very good blocker from the wide receiver position. It's always good to see that. And it's good to see too, like certain you hear about the Devo wide receivers and they don't get, uh, you know, their, their teammates crowding them the way that Julio did after that touchdown. So one of the most talented players in the league, and uh, I think we'll see him find the end zone as time moves forward here. The other player you mentioned having a similar kind of season, and that is Keenan Allen, and he didn't get in the end zone again, as you mentioned. But when you look at uh, what he did this week, he actually had, I think it was a 32 or 35-yard end around. So, you know, he's never been known as the most athletic player in the NFL, but uh, they're getting him involved in all different sorts of ways. So it's good that he's getting that usage. If they can just start to push him into the end zone now, that would be fantastic. And we, while we had one streak stop, we had... Uh, one well two streaks i guess stop one in a very positive way one <laughs> in a way uh that you know is sad unless maybe you're calvin johnson or the lions or a big calvin johnson fan which i am however uh you know with adam Thielen, you you're rooting for him and you know he's such a great story he looks like such a fundamentally sound player such a tough player it would have been cool if he could have gotten to the ninth 100 yard game but the Lions, they they did not look remotely interested in winning this game. They did look interested, perhaps, in trying to stop Adam Thielen. Yeah, and obviously when you get to the end of the season, you're going to get nothing for stopping Adam Thielen's uh, run here in terms of uh, 100-yard games. But he still found the end zone, so if you were playing him this week, and there's no doubt about it, if you have him on your teams, you're playing him each and every week. But the dominance that he's shown uh, over the last couple of weeks has been, over the last, I guess we'll say, seven weeks, has been incredible. Uh, and, you know, if you look at just, I've mentioned it before, where he's come from in terms of being... Uh, a practice squad player and then making it on to the team and then obviously making it to this point of his career uh, just incredible the surprising thing was obviously with Diggs missing out we thought that there would be a bigger day there was Kyle Rudolph as well we thought he would have a bigger day both of them kind of disappointed a little bit so um, overall I would expect him to bounce back did look like he had a, a an injury um, that could could be could have been slowing him down but if you look at his streak then compared to as you mentioned Megatron's um, you know you're looking at Calvin Johnson and I mentioned Julio Jones like Calvin was just a, a different animal in terms of his athletic profile, his size. But uh, over over the the twenty twelve season, Calvin Johnson had seventy six receptions. Where this season we have uh, Adam Thielen with seventy four. We also have a situation where he had one hundred and fifteen targets, so he had a larger target share by uh, over seventeen targets, ninety eight targets for Thielen, uh, and then Johnson had twelve hundred and fifty four yards. Thielen nine hundred and twenty five. But uh, just tremendous, tremendous output by both guys. And uh, any time that you're compared to a player of uh, Calvin Johnson to build in what he did, particularly in 2012, is uh, it's just something special. And uh, it's really cool that obviously with the passing that's going on in the NFL and what the rule changes that we're seeing, um, it's really cool just to see these players uh, thrive and to be able to put up the, these sort of numbers. So, Sean, jumping into the fourth quarter now, we're going to take a look at one of the young tight ends in the league, and that is O.J. Howard. Uh, I think if you look at, you know, this past week, tight end was very kind of a desolate area to, to look to pick your players, especially after the Gronk news came out. But uh, O.J. Howard, uh, another nice game from him. If you're looking at players like, you know, Kelsey and Ertz in that top top tier, and then possibly even looking at somebody like George Kittle coming in 
then Eric Ebron, Jared Cook are probably the next ones behind them. Uh, Cook, you know, throughout his career has been a difficult player to play, but with the way the Oakland offense is performing, has been tough. So Ebron probably finishes off that tier. But how how are you looking in terms of tight ends? I always look for the player entering the kind of the third year, but we have Howard now in his second year, uh, and obviously starting to show that he is uh, a very very special athlete in terms of getting uh, touchdowns and opportunities from that. It seems to be too that he is a better. Uh, rapport with Ryan Fitzpatrick than he would have with Jameis Winston who tends to, to look the way Cameron Britt OJ Howard in terms of uh, tight ends at the moment uh, moving forward where would you be looking at him uh, rest of season and then I guess looking down the line in the future I think you have to put him not necessarily in that top tier with Kelsey and Ertz and then hopefully uh, still still Gronkowski but it, definitely in the next group and I was skeptical about Howard coming out of college because the numbers were not there. And and we're seeing this year with Alabama's offense that when they do have these big time offensive superstars, that they can put up uh, some big offensive outputs. Although again, a lot of that goes back directly to the quarterback. They've got an upgraded quarterback this year as well. But OJ Howard, he's this very, very top athlete, big explosive. So the question was whether or not he would take that step forward and be a receiver as opposed to a plus blocker and then a role player receiver and with Cameron Brait outperforming him last season there was reason to be concerned although we talk all the time about that second year and the jump and so it's been great to see that jump as I mentioned I didn't have a lot of him but then in taking over an orphan auction um was able to land him. And so anytime that you have a little bit of ownership of a player, you tend to watch a little bit more closely and, and really drill in those buck games. And, and he looks great this past week. He really was the key when they were not getting anything from that trio of receivers. So a very odd game, obviously for fantasy owners, it's disappointing to see Adam Humphreys put up the big numbers. He's not going to be in a lot of lineups, but then Evans, Godwin, Deshaun Jackson all shut down. So the fact that OJ Howard is putting up these kinds of point totals and this consistent performance from a yardage perspective is very, very promising because there's competition for volume in that offense. Yeah, and uh, yeah, there's, uh, you know, you mentioned Humphreys, that probably fits into that category, you know, that helps no one. So uh, it's, a, it's a tough one when you see him picking up, uh, but he had a, a very impressive outing this past week. Uh, you mentioned there, you know, having players on your dynasty rosters and looking out to see how they're doing. Uh, one of my regrets probably so far this season is one of the teams that I've, I've lost out in close matchups over a couple of weeks. Uh, one of the players in my taxi squad is Calvin Ridley. I picked up Calvin Ridley in quite a few of my dynasty leagues. Uh, this offseason and obviously he's been putting up those touchdowns that we touched on earlier have you any regrets so far as we get to this kind of halfway point of the season for what decisions you've made that maybe you haven't started certain players that have continued to put up good numbers no regrets in terms of the taxi squad i did finally activate dj Moore on a number of teams this week and he didn't have a game that we yeah. hope that it was, you know, it was understandable. We had, you know, any time that Curtis Samuel is going to score almost every time he touches the ball, that's going to leave a little bit less for the rest of those guys. Got a lot of Traquan Smith trying to keep him on the taxi squad in leagues where uh, that will help from a future contract perspective. 
uh, have some Marquez Valdez Scantling. Uh, same situation there. Both of those guys really at the border of whether or not you feel like you could play them with confidence. You know they're going to have some big games and whether or not you want to activate them and put them in the lineup can be a tricky question if your league has other consequences for activating those players. But a lot of excitement attached to some of those young rookie wide receivers. Yeah, definitely. I agree there. And you mentioned DJ Moore. I had uh, taken him off the taxi squad for a few uh, teams this week as well. So I know the pain there. Uh, the next players to talk about is kind of the New Orleans Saints in general. And uh, we, we've talked on a couple of shows about the, the split since Ingram has come back and how it's affected the team in general. Uh, but obviously, Michael Thomas uh, put an end to that this week against the Rams with monster, monster game, 39 points coming his way. Uh, also had the, the cell phones be, behind each of the uh, goalposts in case he did score a touchdown, which he obviously did to, to pull off that celebration. But uh, Thomas, um, you know, if you look at his catch percentage this season, I believe he's well over 90% in terms of uh, targets to catches. So extremely efficient, but uh, putting up big name, numbers. He's starting to kind of remind me of the way Larry Fitzgerald, every time the, the targets used to go his way, just uh, the, there was no chance of it being dropped. So uh, Ingram or Thomas with a big game, how have you altered your perception on Ingram and his uh, usage and splits compared to what Thomas has done and what Kamara can do? It was a real relief to see him not involved because Ingram is, is certainly sort of a, a garbage time player from the perspective of he's your breather back the player you want to use when you have the game won. Uh, There were some plays this week where Kareem Hunt was in when the game was out of hand. Christian McCaffrey was in when the game was out of hand. I don't like to see those players involved. From a fantasy perspective, anytime you can get even a little bit more, you're definitely rooting from that. But just as a reality fan, it's hard to understand why those guys would be in when the game is out of hand because any given play, obviously that, that player can get hurt. For me, Mark Ingram is just useful in those situations. And perhaps if you have a couple of long drives back to back and you're starting to get worried about Kamara, but otherwise he should not be in the game. And so encouraging to see this go back to a 19 to nine split in favor of the more explosive back, just purely from a carry perspective. And then Kamara gets the receptions as well. And with that more explosiveness in the entire offense, that also benefits the wide receivers. And so it was great to see Thomas blow back up. You know, I I don't own him. So that's basically a pure negative for me. But as a reality fan, you you want to see those things happen that that just makes sense and the right way to play it. You pull up the game splits app. You now see that this concern about Ingram has been lessened with this game. Averaging 26 points a game, a huge, huge number when Ingram doesn't play, but now averaging 21 points a game when Ingram does play. And I think the trend is starting to go more in a positive way. Now, the question you have to ask yourself is, will the Saints play in the way that makes the most sense against lesser opponents? They clearly thought they had to go out and outscore the Rams. That wasn't necessarily the case in a couple of their other performances. So this could be a Rams-specific type of game but hopefully it will be their general plan going forward yeah and we we continue to see uh, peters have big problems for the rams in terms of uh, his coverage uh, and his discipline in terms of coverage over the last couple of weeks Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if he's somebody to target with wide receivers going against him uh, the rest of the way Uh, obviously with uh, the big games this week for jones and christian mccaffrey who also had a big game for the panthers um, there's now 14 players with 20 plus points per game in terms of ppr eight running backs and six wide receivers in terms of i I mentioned about the rules changes earlier but 
do you think the rules changes are having a the uh, an effect in terms of this or do you think it's just down to the players and their their abilities overall the rule changes probably do play a little bit of a role but i i always get a little bit frustrated when i hear that things are completely skewed to the offense because all you have to do is is actually watch the football games on sunday to see plenty of instances where the defender is still holding the offensive player all the way down the field you see plenty of instances like with the hopkins catch two weeks ago uh, but there were two or three more egregious examples this past week where the defender will hold the offensive player the entire way down the field the offensive player will try and uh, just free their arms so they can go up and make a play and get called for offensive pass interference. So I, I think the defense is still allowed to do plenty, still allowed to do what you have always been allowed to do within the rules, which is to defend without interfering. Uh, but what we're seeing with these offenses now, the innovation and the willingness to incorporate the running backs into the passing game, I think is the main takeaway from this. Now, when you're playing PPR leagues, just having the running back involved in the passing game is going to naturally inflate those totals. So with these big running back scores, we're seeing the fact that the bell cows now are also the receiving back in numerous situations. That's going to make the scores blow up, but then replacing really low value running back touches with receptions are making these innovative offenses more efficient. And so that's creating these high scores and it's really increasing the gaps between the good teams and the bad teams every week and and i've always been an offense wins championships kind of fan even when there, there was some evidence to the contrary worth this but we're, we're continuing to see that be more and more the case if you have a spectacular offense then you have the kansas city chiefs if you have a spectacular defense then you have the buffalo bills and in, in both cases i mean the chiefs are, are great on offense poor on defense the bills are the flip side of that and one of those templates works a lot better than the other yeah the, the bills might actually be the, one of the worst offenses i've ever seen in the nfl but that's a that's a completely topic a completely different topic for a, for another day so sean jumping into overtime now and uh, the the question coming up here is from monty fan and he's talking about could cardarell patterson be a thing he's written about it in one of his recent pieces on the site the patriots obviously played the packers this past week and you talked about the offensive innovation i don't think we're seeing much of that from the green bay <laughs> offense uh, this season and we've seen some issues again this past uh, week against the patriots but uh, patterson when he's been given opportunities over the last couple of weeks has done quite well and Sonny michelle obviously missed out uh, this past week and the patriots buy is coming up after they play the titans this coming week so possibly michelle could set out in that one but what's your thoughts on somebody like patterson getting more of a running back role uh, obviously it one hugely impressive drive if you're a team that is uh, maybe having some running back issues is he somebody that you may possibly be looking to pick up uh, over the next couple of weeks if you still are trying to fill for the buys then i think that is very intriguing because they can use him in so many different ways their offense is so high scoring that they're going to create more opportunities. Obviously, when you have an elite kick returner, you have a solid what you might call what you might call the um, strangely solid gimmick player on offense, uh, but role player in in that environment, and then someone who also can in a pinch act as the backup running back and is actually getting some of the high leverage touches at running back then that's very appealing 
you mentioned with Gronk potentially coming back and Michelle potentially as well. I don't think there will be enough volume to really do anything more than insert him into the lineup and pray. But if those injuries do reassert themselves, then yeah, those are that that becomes a an interesting play, but one where you still you're probably not going to be able to win your fantasy championship with that. I think that Patterson is maybe more of an interest if you're playing in a dynasty league that allows trades and is best ball so a, a very specific format for patterson would be the dynasty best ball <laughs> yeah he has one of those players who you know it's a, a hit or miss it could be a zero point or it could be you know a 15 point week and it's very very hard to call those weeks and particularly when he's been used most of his production is coming through the, the run game at the moment and then part of it coming through <laughs> punt returns and kick returns and so it's a very tough one to, to trust on a weekly basis so unless you're uh, in need of uh, help i think he's somebody who i'd be avoiding but uh, he's definitely one that i think will be a, a target next year when we're looking at the best ball season colin do you have any other uh, late season home run ads as people are trying to get ready for the fantasy playoffs it's a very difficult uh you know looking at the waiver wire and looking at the options over the last couple of weeks it's a very very tough call in terms of who could be added and who could really step up you know there isn't a huge amount out there to excite you in terms of you know even looking at the waiver wire over the last two or three weeks there hasn't been anything that really stood out for me uh you know there's a couple of players that probably you could have made moves for a couple of weeks ago like a tevin coleman or like a you know a duke johnson but they're not really going to be available uh, at this at this point in time but there's nothing really sean standing out for me in terms of what could be acquired if you're talking about you know waiver wire or uh, bench stashes is there anyone that's standing out for you at the moment it's it's so bleak in 20 roster spot leagues this year it hasn't really been a season where the the free agents have played that central role that they seem to always play there might be a couple of of very very deep ads that are somewhat interesting this week we saw maurice harris have the big game for washington the volume was there Uh, he's a player without the kind of track record and resume that you would really have much confidence in him being an NFL type of player, but he didn't just have big volume in that game. He made a couple of fantastic circus catches, which when you contrast that to uh, Josh Doxson and his continued inability to just catch simple balls to him, then you certainly would suspect that in the absence now of Paul Richardson, who you know, it wasn't a big volume role, but he did have a rapport with Alex Smith. It, there's some possibility that with Washington needing to occasionally throw the ball, which they would prefer uh, just to hand it off to Peterson, as you had mentioned. But that might be a very deep league possibility there. The other one, which almost certainly you're just going to get zeros from, but is intriguing simply from this talent perspective, is a Curtis Samuel. He's a guy who a couple of, of Rotoviz writers, a couple of my favorite writers, had even as a top five rookie pick last season in a draft that you know you all remember uh, was absolutely stocked. And so very high on Samuel. Obviously, his rookie year didn't go the way people wanted, the way he wanted the injuries. Even this season, coming back, it took him well into the season to be anywhere close to 100%. And then the team had changed around him, so that role was no longer there. But you see those couple plays that he made last week, 
two touchdowns and the one especially uh, a highlight reel type of touchdown although for uh, for a play that had reverse elements all the way down the one side of the field working all the way back scores in the extreme uh, right corner didn't really have to do that much the uh <laughs> the panthers had that one blocked out pretty well for him there but but samuel is available in some of these leagues and certainly if you're desperate going with someone with that kind of talent in an explosive offense might be something that you would uh use for your final flex position yeah i guess if we're looking at uh you know i'm going to go for the detroit lions uh, somebody from the packers though that has caught my eyes uh vantes scantlin who you mentioned earlier uh, i think he's he's looked very good over the last couple of weeks and rogers seems to be looking his way uh if you're looking at the lions um obviously amir abdullah got waived uh, earlier today and uh, i think that might open up a little bit more opportunity for somebody like theo reddick who's come back off injury uh, over the last couple of weeks and did have i believe seven receptions against the vikings although it was only for uh, 36 yards the other player that you know this is how bare the waiver wire has been i've picked up damien ratley off the the browns a couple of two weeks ago maybe and then this past week after tate was moved i, I picked up branton powell in a couple of leagues so you know you're, you're looking at that in your dynasty leagues and you're not looking at a huge amount of opportunity moving forward so not all that exciting but uh maybe something will, something will happen over the next few weeks that gets us excited try to, to spend our waiver budget but a lot of my leagues at the moment i'm still sitting quite comfortable with a large uh, waiver acquisition budget but uh, haven't, haven't been spent in much of it yeah and if, if there's a, a a plus side of that we had had what has seemed to be a little bit better health from some of the stars and certainly as, as we've talked about throughout the show big points from the stars so even without those free agent pickups it has been a tremendously exciting 2018 season so can't wait for next week and that's getting us close to the end of the show and just before we wrap up just want to give you a quick reminder again about rotoviz live and the rotoviz patreon page which you can sign up to at patreon that will get you access to rotoviz live for the four episodes of that per month the live interactive video show each and every sunday 11 a.m eastern to get you ready for all the action we'll be doing that again this week myself and dave cabin will be on the screen answering those questions for you patreon ships start at just six dollars a month and get you all that exclusive access and help support the podcast that we do here on a weekly basis over 10 shows per week adds up to 40 podcasts per month uh, and then you get the road of his live on top of that so uh, it's it's really uh, helping us to uh, continue to produce leading high quality industry leading content and that's the goal here at road of his radio we continue to do the best content with the best information and that's what we continue to try and do here on the platform as well we also have that exclusive 30 percent discount to road of his nfl pass through the nfl homepage that is rotaviz.com forward slash podcast that gets you that through the end of the season so uh, even if you're thinking about next season and getting ready for it nice way to check it out and uh, to get that 30 percent discount to continue to get that content and the tools throughout the rest of the season once again that is rotaviz.com forward slash podcast and with that sean it's going to wrap us up for today's edition of the show of course my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtime ireland sean is on twitter at ff underscore contrarian we'll be back next week with another edition of the show previewing ahead to the following week and looking back at what has happened uh, this week i guess we're looking looking ahead and then at that stage we'll be looking back i've confused myself <laughs> by getting into all the difference in the times but uh, with that that's going to do it for today's edition thank you for tuning in uh, and until we're back with the next one have a good one 
Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy Decoy by Duckhorn. Elevate your occasion. You shouldn't go to Barnes & Noble and buy 10,000 books just so you can build a book fortress and yell out, I am your book leader. You shouldn't buy 147 copies of War and Peace, stuff them inside turkeys and serve them at Thanksgiving as turbukens. And you definitely shouldn't buy up all the copies of Dork Diaries, causing the neighborhood kids to stage a protest in your front yard. But you could. Because at the Barnes & Noble Book Hall, you can get over a 1,000 titles for 50% off. Stock up at your local Barnes & Noble. Turbukens are fictitious and should not be cooked at home. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.